Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thanks for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and today... Yes, on this Wednesday, we are talking LP politics, specifically in my old state, one Pennsylvania, Christine Kausler Womack. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I say this to anyone who is going out and either running for office or in this case, you're running for internal office uh, in the Libertarian Party. Thank you for doing your part because we can't really say we want things to get better if we're not going to go in and put forth the blood, sweat and tears. And my goodness, everybody in the greater liberty world knows how fun that is. So thank you, Christine, for taking the, the step forward and, and in some cases taking the slings and arrows. But uh, today we're talking about why you're, you're putting yourself in that position, because we want to see this idea of moving the greater libertarian party specifically. And we're going to talk about the state of Pennsylvania, where you're running for LP chair forward. We're looking towards uniting the party, especially as we're going towards 2022 and beyond. But before we get there, let's go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Christine, who are you and why do you want to run for LP chair of Pennsylvania? Um, that's a great question. And I'm told I'm crazy all the time, but, um, I'm Christine. I'm from Pennsylvania and I've been a libertarian officially since about 2016. Um, I worked on the Gary Johnson campaign locally, and then, um, I stepped away for a little bit because of some stuff happening in my County. And then I came back and I was the vice chair and the community organizer of the York County affiliates. And then in 2020, I was the state manager for the Joe Jorgensen campaign. So I got the chance to work with people across the state to work together with people across the state from all different backgrounds and affiliations. And we had great success for the Joe Jorgensen campaign. We got minor party status in the state. And that kind of just threw me into the state affairs, um, you know, being involved with the state party, um, making associations with Jen Moore and Steve Sheets and Adam Reinhardt and uh, Joe Solosky, you know, all these key people that have been in the party longer than myself. And I saw the great work they were doing and I became enthralled <laughs> in the state party. And, you know, I, I just, I'm running for chair because I want to continue the momentum that they started. Uh, they've had a lot go on this last year, two, three years. 
And, you know, they want to take a step back. And I feel like that I have the passion and the experience to be able to carry us forward. Well, we definitely need some passion and experience to carry us forward, especially when you look at the other two parties, because um, it seems like the other two parties can kind of be a hot mess. And I think a lot of people right now are looking for some alternatives, Christine. So let's start to focus on Pennsylvania. And maybe it's important to start on the things that we've done well. And I, I, I like to not reinvent the wheel in many cases. And Pennsylvania has done very well over the past few years. Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, Pennsylvania has the most elected libertarians out of any state, correct? Yes, and um, some of our counties have more elected in just the county than some states do entirely. So that's so, pretty darn cool. So let's yeah. build upon that, right? And and not have to necessarily reinvent the wheel every single time. So let's talk about some of those successes you've seen here in Pennsylvania. I say here as if I'm still there. <laughs> you've seen there over in Pennsylvania. And I guess specifically, um, what do you think has, has led to those successes as you've gone out and had conversations outside of our libertarian bubbles? Yeah. Um, you know, we in York County had the most elected across the whole state. We had 14 uh, libertarians elected right here in York County, three in my borough alone. Um, <laughs> and a lot of it is because of the community outreach that we do. You know, we are out on the streets doing trash cleanups and talking to the locals. And they're always like, why are you doing this? And we're like, you know, we truly do believe when the government is removed that people will step up and we want to be the vision of that. We want to show you that what we believe is what we do. And we fed the homeless and um, raised, we collected over 700 pounds of food for the local food bank here in York. And we do community, uh, we do community carnivals and, and street fairs and things like that. And I think that being out on the ground with boots on the ground, door to door knocking in talking to these people and showing them that we are their neighbors. We are their teachers. We are their lawyers. We are their mailmen, um, their accountants and things like that. And, and giving a face to the party is what's helping us to grow within the state. You know, they're not voting for the party lines. They're voting for the people. You know, uh, Nicole Schultz is running for lieutenant governor's nomination at convention next weekend. And she's had a lot of party loyalists tell her that she will they will vote for her because of who she is and they know what she stands for. And I think that that's the key that we need to do here in the state and that we've been doing in York and Bradford County has been doing and Lancaster has been doing in Lebanon. You know, they've been out there with boots on the ground showing people who we are and what we stand for instead of just talking about it, which is what the old parties do. I had to turn my mic back on there. How bad of me. I, I know. Um, but no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have to do what the other old parties aren't doing. Um, and in that case, it is talking to your average person and maybe addressing the issues that are being forgotten to be addressed right now by those two major parties. Now, I, I talked about this with both Tony DeRazio as well as Angel McArdle, both who are running for the LP chair role here in, in 2022, which Reno is just around the corner. Um, yes. And and <laughs> I want to focus on what they saw as the top issues from a national perspective. Now, obviously, Pennsylvania is going to be more of a microcosm for mm -hmm. the Commonwealth. But however, you are going to see some overlap and some some similar characteristics of top issues going from state to state. So I'm curious what you would see as some of those top issues as we're heading into election season here in 2022. Where do you think PA voters are, are currently at? And how do you think libertarians can best effectively reach them? 
Um, I think everyone's kind of at the point with COVID <laughs> that you're one way or the other. And, you know, some of the parties are just um, wavering from the stance that they've given. And the Libertarian Party, I feel like, hasn't. We've always been against mandates. And, you know, going out and talking to people and being present at school board meetings where they're fighting for their kids to have the choice to wear a mask, um, have, you know, talking about the choice for school education. Give again, giving them that option of there's other people out there, and if you don't like what the old parties are doing, or you don't believe that you you know they support you anymore, that there is another option, a viable option, one that's growing significantly. I mean, we saw the numbers increase from get you know they did decrease between Gary Johnson and Joe Jorgensen as a total whole, but we saw the 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 value of each vote actually go up. Um, when you look at fundraised amount of money versus votes and stuff. So, you know, that's something that is more nationwide um, that the Libertarian Party can provide, as well as addressing ballot access. Um, I think that's a nationwide issue that, um, you know, half of this country is independent or third party. And we need to take advantage of that. We need to be out there talking to them and saying, you want that third or fourth or sixth option out there on the ballot, then you need to, you know, you need to look into this. You need to support us being on the ballot, help with the reform. Um, you know, Pennsylvania, we have to do 2% of the last winning total, but there are other states that need like 50,000 signatures to be on the ballot as a third party. And, you know, these are, situations that we can help across state lines to help achieve. How about this? Let's dig in, Christine, to specific LPPA um, issues right now. We, we've seen the, the success you've built, and I would love to hear your thoughts in terms of not just what you can bring towards the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, but specifically, what are your goals that you're looking to accomplish? I always talked about this with my sales team back when I was leading them. Uh, it's important to write down your goals because then it makes it real, and then everybody sees what your goals are. I, I actually I made a requirement, Christine. I'll tell you a fun story. I'd actually make them when we would sit down with our morning sales huddles every single uh, every single week. We'd start things off where I'd say, all right, what are your goals for the week? And I'd make them share their goals um, because I think it creates accountability because then it's now mm -hmm. on the record. So how about this? Let's do some accountability together. What are your goals for, for uh, LP chair if you are in fact elected? Uh, one of my main first goals is to set up some kind of educational weekend for training. You know, our meetings, I don't know the last time you attended an LPPA meeting, Brian, but our meeting this past Saturday was eight and a half hours long. And <laughs> that it's just not not acceptable, to be honest. And I think a lot of it is just a misunderstanding of Robert's rules and the way that a meeting is supposed to progress. Um, and so I'm sorry. And, fr <laughs> and frankly, a misunderstanding of what it is to be a functioning human being. Nobody wants to no say nobody. No normal sane person wants to sit in political like gobbledygook meetings for eight and a half hours. Correct me if I'm wrong, too. Didn't Nationals meeting go for like a day? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and our January meeting, just for the record, was seven and a half hours. So it's not like, um, yeah, it's, I mean, we did have some important information uh, that was um, given. We did it, we 
yeah, we had some uh, internal investigations and stuff that went ha that happened and you know needed to be addressed. But there was just a lot of other stuff. Um, and I think having some kind of educational resource weekend where we can talk, um, do a, a lesson on Roberts, um, maybe do candidate support. We're showing people how to fill out their paperwork and how to file and you know expense reports and things like that is going to be the most beneficial thing to the state. Uh, we found when we had 176 libertarians elected back in November that we were a lot of them were like, what do I do next? And we were like, that's a great question. We've never been in this position <laughs> to answer that for such a large amount of people that we realized that there needs to be some kind of resource, some kind of like like online library or something with documentation and instructions on how to move forward once you are elected. Um, so that's another goal of mine. Uh, what I would also like to push is for people to go and try and get appointed to offices. There are a lot of seats that still went unfilled after the November election. And if you just show up to a meeting and say, hey, I want to do this job, it's kind of like the Libertarian Party in general. If you say, hey, I want to do this job, um, you know, they will most likely fill you into that position. So that'll help us get more libertarians in office as well. And then moving into 2022, into that election cycle for the governor and lieutenant governor, Senate and other congressional races and any special races like for vacancies that happen through the year, we need to be looking and making sure that we're not doing extra work. We need to make sure that everyone, and this can happen during the educational weekend, knows how to properly fill out a petition for ballot access, knows how to properly collect signatures, knows how to properly turn those signatures in. And when we're collecting those signatures on the ballot, uh, the petition for ballot access, we need to make sure that every single name that will be on the ballot in that county is on that paper. So if we're up in North, uh, North Central Pennsylvania, and it's Liz Terwilliger's um, district, we make sure that Liz is on there. We make sure that Eric Gerhardt, if he wins the Senate nomination, is on there. We make sure that Joe Soloski and Nicole Schultz, if they win their nominations, are on the paperwork. That way, when they say they need to collect 5,000 signatures for their respective you know, offices, we're not having to collect like 30,000 signatures. We're doing it all at once, killing you know, multiple birds with one stone as the adage goes. Um, and those are really the key. And then what I also would like to do is prep into 2023 and start trying to recruit people to run for office, local office in 2023. My goal is to set it up that in 2023, if I'm not chair, that the person who is chair has all the resources that they need to make the malt maneuver and any race that is had that year successful and to get over 300 libertarians elected, almost doubling the current amount that we had this past November. And by doing that, I want to encourage people to not just run for these seats that have no one running, which is what the malt maneuver, you know, encourages, but also to run against people who are running unopposed and to run in three four-way races, even if it's just a paper ballot, because what we need to do is we need to normalize the Libertarian Party being on the ballot in these bigger races, in these representative mayor, you know, governor, um, senator, you know, all of these roles. We need to normalize Libertarian be an option on the ballot. Well, out of sight, out of mind. So absolutely, we have yeah. to stay, stay in the purview of the uh, the average voter for sure. Um, and it also requires us, and this is the overarching theme I've seen over the past year really, is that it requires us also to 
do this together. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think this is going to be the main driving uh, force after Reno is unity. We have to have yeah. some sense of, and it's not the tongue-in-cheek liberty unity um, yeah. that was there back a, a couple of uh, months. Uh, months? Is it a year? I don't even remember now. Time is a son of a gun in the era of COVID, but we, we really have to coalesce, especially with it getting real in 2022 and going into 2024. And I guess I want to ask your perspective because I've ranted and raved here in the program. My audience, they they know. Brian, we know what your perspective is on how to get Liberty Unity. It's getting the, the tent bigger and getting some more yeah. voices in here to uh, dilute some of the more toxic voices. Um, and that goes on both sides, by the way, uh, or as Trump would say, uh, you know, some very good people on both sides. Um, also some very uh, people on both sides. But uh, with that being said, I would love to hear what your thought is for some liberty unity. How do we get it? What does it look like? And what will it do for us as a party? You know, that is a really, a really big question because, um, at the end of the day, we are all individuals and that we are the party of individualism. So we need to find a way to find common ground. Uh, we did this with the Joe Jorgensen campaign. Uh, personally in New York, I had never heard of any caucuses or PACs or any kind of like other organization that was liberty minded because we just kind of did the work. And then after the campaign for Joe Jorgensen, you know, things got riled, people started not liking each other and things started to come to the surface. And, um, and I realized that a lot of the people were from both sides during the Joe Jorgensen campaign. We just hadn't seen it during the campaigning. And I think that that's the key. I think it's finding that common ground that we can build the foundation from and to work from. Uh, And, you know, I think that the governor and Lieutenant governor races could be that platform to build off of, um, it could be, a, you know, a variety continuing with, you know, protesting against mandates happening. That could also be something. Uh, but it's I think the key is finding common ground because, you know, when it comes down to it, we all agree on about 80 percent of the Libertarian Party platform items. It's more specifically the details of each thing. And, um, you know, every caucus, every pack has a purpose and, you know, they need to be utilized for the skill sets that they have. Um, but I think that we need to start associating people by the work that they do and, and the effort that they give um, and stop drawing lines just because someone likes um Mises or someone likes cathedral or someone likes the waffle house or someone likes get fit or the wrestling caucus, you know, these are just these invisible lines that we're draw, you know, that we as individuals are drawing ourselves, you know, at the end of the day, we all fall underneath that libertarian tent. And the more people that we can bring in is the more voices that can be heard, just like you said, and we're going to be able to reach so many more people when there's so many other voices that are helping to spread the word of liberty. Because the way that I do it, the way that I do trash cleanups and everything may not be the way you like to do stuff, Brian. And But both aspects are going to reach people and talk to them and bring them at least to know what libertarianism is. And maybe they'll eventually join us or at least vote for some of our candidates to see how that can affect their communities. Um, so I really think that that's the way to unite the party is to just start looking at everybody as individuals because that's who we are and, you know, judge them based on the work that they do or don't do. Cause they're, you know, some, there are some people who, who talk a lot of talk, but don't walk the walk. And, uh, and uh, you know, 
it really just comes down to finding common ground. And that's all I'm here to do. I'm willing to work with anybody who wants to put in the work. Yeah. And I would also say um, beyond just the work, too, I'm, I'm, this is not even to, uh, you know, continue your conversation in that perspective, but also the results, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's super duper important. And that's where I think looking at PA, you have a lot to build upon. And that's exciting, especially because uh, we, we do want to see more libertarians in action and some real talk too, right? You know, real talk audience and Christine, this, I'm, I'm you know, get your, your thoughts too, but it's, it's difficult audience when we have toxicity in a movement like the Liberty movement, because the ideas, the principles are beautiful, but the feuding and the, the just grossness behind the scenes, when we bring in new people and they are seeing the beautiful, the beautiful ideas and principles, and then they see that toxicity, they're scared away. And yeah. we see this time and again, if we want to actually grow, and then that's what I think we should be trying to do is actually not only grow the party, but also because we know the more people that we get on board with the ideas of liberty, the more people we can actually get to start to get policies, in many cases, out of action, right? That's where we're, we're trying to, to go in that direction, at least. So I, I think we do have to really start to, to, you know, as Jordan Peterson would say, uh, to start to start focusing on your own room and clean it up, uh, because yeah. otherwise you're you're going to be not only creating a, a toxic environment for for you that you're a part of, but now it's for other people who are walking into the movement. So that's my real talk. Um, well, no, and if I can follow that up, no, you please, know, yes. Not only is it not only is it pushing away new people, there are lifer libertarians that are seeing the chaos after all the work that they've done, all the work that they've put in to build us to be the party that we are today going why did i spend my money my time to do this for you guys just to fight like them you know we just had we just had someone in our own county who has been active and you know influential within the state and the county has made connections with the media has established us as a reputable organization step away because he's like i I don't, I don't want to be like the Republicans and Democrats. Like when you guys mature, that's when I'll come back. And I think that that's very telling, you know, when we've got these, you know, so-called, you know, so-and-so lifers is what I'm referring to them as, you know, people who have dedicated so much time and energy going, why am I still here? You know, it, it, you should be reevaluating what's going on in the party and refocusing and trying to build from that platform. And I, I, and that's all I want to do. <laughs> I just want to work with people to push liberty and get people elected. Now, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate because okay. I do think there is, I didn't say it's a devil's advocate, but uh, more so this, this is my, my perspective as well. I do think there is merit, though, in maybe challenging people who have put in the time, energy, and effort, who it, they, they more so look at the time, energy, and effort as the value versus what did that time, energy, and effort yield? I think it's the Milton Friedman analogy um, where he could give you a, a, a shovel or a spoon and ask you to dig a hole. One is going to require more effort and, and time and energy than the other, but is it the most efficient and, and valuable use of your time? Probably not. So 
I will say I do encourage and I, I actively encourage new blood in the greater liberty movement, especially, and, and this is why we talk about our target market here in the program, is those people who are open to our message already. So we're not going towards people who either A, aren't our active market or B, people who we just, we really want to be our active target market, but actually aren't. Um, so I do think that is important for us to, to bring in new people who have fresh ideas and maybe have done some new things in different areas that we really haven't done in the past and they've had success. Specifically, that's why I reach out to a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs because I'm finding they're so on board with the the conversations that we're having from a liberty perspective, but also from the context of what's government done over the past two years? Oh yeah, infringe on my rights in pretty much every possible way? Okay, well, I think there's a core group to talk to, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, that's definitely a valid point. Um, I, I guess what I was trying to more convey, I guess, is, you know, this was this person specifically is someone that I've looked up to and, and uh, admire for their work and time. And they really just stayed away from all of the, the infighting that a lot of new people are being pushed away from. And uh, he just... Yeah, I don't know how to really, I guess I don't know how to convey it. It was just, you know, he he tried to stick it out, tried to think the best of both sides, and it just kept getting worse. And, it, you know, some of the new people who were coming in just jump right into the infighting. And it's frustrating um, when you're trying to stay neutral and w- just work and get stuff done. And, you know, the new people who have the enthusiasm are being pushed away. And then some of them are just being pulled into it all instead of just embracing everyone and, and trying to get work done. I've said it since, I think it was my, I don't know, maybe my second or third episode. We're going back to like 2018. Um, (laughs) and I said, nobody is going to take libertarian parties seriously until we take ourselves seriously. So at the very least, I hope uh, we we have the audience here today listening to uh, today's conversation in the same camp that we are, Christine, that at the very least, please, let's be serious so more people yeah. will take us seriously because right now we are at a time in history where we need the the serious, real solutions to start to, to present themselves because otherwise... We're getting to a pretty uh, scary place. So with that being said, Christine, unfortunately, we are already hard pressed for time. So oh uh, I know it, it goes by fast. So how about this? <laughs> Final thoughts here for the audience today. Uh, what, what do you want to leave the audience with for context of the conversation or any words of advice you want to leave folks with as we head through 2022? I just want to thank you for having me on. And, you know, at the end of the day, we. time um you know whether it be when we're older or soon uh the times that we live in right now are really just asking for libertarians to take over (laughs) and we need to take advantage of the political atmosphere now we need to be putting up candidates that have good messaging and who are just embracing the whole libertarian platform and in in the most majority that they can and by putting up those good candidates and supporting those good candidates that's how we help the liberty movement move on um so i just encourage you to get people elected to run people for office and if you need any help at all i am more than willing to help across state lines within the state and um you know because that's my goal here is to make sure that we see liberty sometime in our lifetime and that we work together to get that done Liberty in our lifetime. I like it. I think the audience likes it. And hopefully 
The voters there in the great state of Pennsylvania, specifically in the Libertarian Party, think so as well. Christine Counselor Womack, thanks for joining <laughs> us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. This is renegade statesman Eric Brakey, host of Free America Now, a podcast for people ready to strike down tyranny. As a former state legislator who knows how the political machine works, I lead every episode with a free-range discussion alongside thinkers, activists, and policymakers. People like Tom Woods, Hannah Cox, and WWE superstar and Knox County Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs on just how to free America now. New episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, and you can find Free America Now on your favorite podcasting app. So be sure to subscribe, unless you're a communist, in which case I understand why you wouldn't really like the show. Furthermore, my opinion is the Federal Reserve should be destroyed, so let's free America now.